Today, on the second Sunday of Advent, as we anticipate the birth of Christ Jesus, we light a candle of peace. Because of war, because of violence in our communities, because there is still so much unrest in our hearts, we light a candle of peace. Because hatred is still so strong, because so many swords have not yet remade into plowshares, we light a candle of peace. May the light from this candle overwhelm the world. May the light from this candle say to all that God's peace is coming on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, be not afraid. God's peace is at hand. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. When we, when we first started here, uh, a lot of people said that we were doing a lot of things incorrectly. And one of the things that they said that you can't do first off is start a church just by itself. You had to have like a satellite or you had to be attached to some other church that had already established itself. But the idea of just starting a, a church by itself was, was foolhardy. The second thing is they said that the space is not going to work. It's this, the idea of creating uh, smaller worship venues is weird. You're supposed to create, you're supposed to go to the school. You're supposed to get, you know, a big PA system. You're supposed to get a rock and band and you're supposed to have uh, effects and all of that kind of stuff. And you're supposed to make it kind of a, a concert event. And we weren't doing that. We wanted to do something that was deep and simple. We wanted to do something that when people get together uh, as families, when they get together with friends, uh, there are no smoke machines or pyrotechnics, or uh, if there are, you're hanging out with a weird crowd. But if you're just having coffee with somebody in a conversation, that's what we wanted to build. We wanted to build something just like this. They also said that we needed to pick a side. They always said, you know, are you, are you extremely liberal or extremely conservative? Or what are, you, what are you going to be preaching that says that the other side is wrong? And uh, I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to preach... Uh, what I felt God was calling me to preach, and that is that God is love. And so how you, that, how you decipher that in your life, I think, affects us all. Whatever side we're, we're on, or it, it just, it, the kingdom is not about a side. It's, it's about the kingdom. It's about the love of Jesus Christ. 
and, and that's why we're here. And so I, I appreciate hearing the stories. And if you have a story of why you, uh, you chose Neighbors, I, I'd love to hear about it, whether you want to email me or if you want to uh, just talk to me. I, I, I want to hear what brings us together here. When Jesus was first walking the, the, the earth, he was creating something like that too. And a lot of people were telling him that he was doing the wrong thing. He wasn't doing what they expected. Um, we live in a time of heroes. My hero, when I was a kid, was this guy right here. Uh, that is uh, George Reeves, or as we commonly call him, Superman. And he was in the, uh, the 1950s, black and white, no, no real special effects or anything like that. You know, uh, when he flew, you could kind of tell that he was lying on a board, you know, and, and doing this, you know. And, uh, but he was my, my hero. And as I got older, I, I realized the reason that I loved him was that Superman stood for uh, the rights of everybody. He, he, he stood for, um, you know, uh, truth, justice, you know. And, uh, some people call it the American way, but it was the, 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 the freedom way, the, the way for everybody. But as I got older, I started to realize something. And this is true of a lot of heroes that I had. I also loved, like, the Lone Ranger, too. Uh, I, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know any of the, the, the modern things, but... Um, uh, a lot of these guys, they, 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 they fought for uh, what was right. They, they fought for values and, and morality. But you ever notice the way they did it? Superman would fight for the, you know, the, the lowest of the low. He would fight for everybody. But the way that he would solve that conflict was usually by busting through a wall and knocking some guy's clock off. All of the heroes that we have, that's the, kind of the way that they solve it. We watch TV shows today of, you know, it's always, whenever we watch like an action show or a superhero movie or even a, a, a mystery show or a good and bad, you know, there's always good, there's always bad. And most of the time, the way that the good wins is by beating up the bad. It's a, usually it's a show of force. If it's not a physical act of violence, it's one-upping somebody. It, it is making sure that that person goes away. You know, we love it when the bad guy just gets disseminated and just done and just gone. And that's kind of our culture right now, is we love those movies where, you know, the, the good guy wins by being the, the mighty person, the strength and that's how it was in the time of Jesus, too. They didn't have cinema. They didn't have movies. But they did have heroes. And many of the heroes that they had were people that were living and breathing around their communities and stuff. But they were people that had that might. You followed people that had that power. That, that, that one of the first heroes of the, of the Israelites was King David. And King David was a mighty person. If you read the, the, the stories of King David, you'll hear about this person that is, is fighting for values and morality and all that stuff, but he also, he's doing a lot of kicking of butt. He is just out there. He's a war, he's a war hero. 
And people started to embrace that, much like we do today. We knew that he was a hero because he beat up that guy. That's how we know that that's a hero. We know that that's the winner because he's the strong one and he clobbers those folks. And then he builds a kingdom. Now, the Israelites were struggling with this at this time, the time that Jesus was walking around, because they weren't the might anymore. They had trouble because the might was the Roman occupation. They were the might. I mean, if you look at some of those outfits that they wore, they look like superheroes. They had the breastplate and everything, you know, and they had all that stuff and the helmet and everything like that. But they, they weren't nice. They were the bad guys. But they were the ones that were hurting everybody. They were, they were the Lex Luthor of the time. They were the mighty person. That they were the villain. And what the Israelites were waiting for was their Superman. They were waiting for somebody that came from the lineage. They were told it would come from the lineage of King David, a hero, a war hero. They were told that it would come from somebody like him, and it would be that person that would help to free them. Meaning, in their eyes, in their thoughts, somebody that would annihilate the Roman occupation. Somebody that would free them by hurting and killing the enemy. That's how we do that. You know, whether it's politicians, whether it's people that we admire or whatever, we, we are always wanting to pick a side. And it's not just picking a side. We want our side to either humiliate or annihilate the side that we're not on. It's human nature. It's protection out of fear. And that's what Peter was thinking at this time right now. Peter is, you know, it's called the book of Matthew, but in many ways it's kind of the book of Peter because Peter is often shown as this person that says some things that are either really brilliant, like last week he looked at Jesus and he said, you are the Messiah, you're the chosen one. And then there's this week where he says, he tries to argue Jesus. Jesus is telling people, his disciples, that in order for me to free you, I'm going to have to be killed. I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to be annihilated. Now, what Peter is thinking right there is that you mean in order for you to win, you got to be like all these other people that I personally knew that have been killed by the Roman occupation? you got to be just another one of them? you, you got to be another person that they just walk on and kill and put up on a cross? Jesus wasn't the first to be crucified. Crucifixion was a way of the times. It was something that they did all the time. The Romans were masters of it. They didn't invent crucifixion, but they mastered it. They knew how to keep somebody up there as long as they possibly could and suffer as long as they could. And people like Peter knew about this because they knew people that had been up there. And now the person that they're following, the one that they said is going to be the hero, the savior, the one that they said is going to be there and rescue them is saying to them, I'm just going to be like one of those other guys. So it, it's hard for us to think 
How's that going to work? Even if you are here today, if someone came to you today and said, you know, the best way to defeat this person is just to lay down and just let them walk right over you. You'd think they were nuts. And so when, when Peter is saying this, there's a part of me that says, yeah, I think I'd say the same thing. And that's what I love about Peter. Peter says some of the things that are just boneheaded because, and I look at that and I love that because I say things that are boneheaded. Ask my wife. A lot of people laugh pretty quickly at that. And so Peter, when Jesus is saying, I need to suffer in order for this to be accomplished, Peter's first reaction is, this is not a definition of a hero. I have a game plan. We take you and we march you into Jerusalem and you tell people to, to rally around you and a war starts and we annihilate the Romans and we take the capital, we take the temple back, we, we rule the day. That's what was in the disciples' minds because that was what their reference was. That's what life is. King David, the lineage. We win things by hurting people. And so naturally, he says, no, you can't do this. There's no way that you can do this. I'm not going to let you hang on that cross like so many people before you. This movement is starting to take traction, and what you're saying is you're going to end it right now. I can't let you do that. And that's when Jesus turns and says something that people just, it makes your skin curl a little bit. He turns to Peter and he says, get away from me, Satan. Now, I don't believe that Jesus was calling Peter Satan. I think what Jesus was doing was calling what Peter was doing the act of Satan. You ever notice when, when, when uh, Jesus uh, takes a, a demon out of somebody, he addresses the demon. He doesn't say, stop doing that, David. He says, get out of them. That's what he's doing here. And he tries to tell us something that for 2,000 years, we're still having a hard time kind of grasping and putting our head around. He tells them that what you are thinking is of this, of this earth. What you are thinking is the things that has caused this vicious circle over and over again throughout history. You, you get might. You think that might is strength. You think that might is power and weaponry and violence. You win a war temporarily, and then you fall again, and you do it all over again. And that's not the way to win a war. That's not the way that you win this. But you don't see it because you are just following this pattern. And here we are 2,000 years later, continually following this pattern. We don't like something. We pick a side. We hate the other side. Let's see, that's what I was supposed to do when I became a pastor. I was supposed to stand on this side and say, that side is stupid. I can't do that. Because I believe that Christ loves all sides. I believe that Christ loves the child in all of us. And that's the message that Jesus was trying to tell Peter, is that it's not about violence. It's not about this stuff. 
As a matter of fact, the Son of God is here among you right now. You just said that I was the Messiah. I'm in a violent world, but I will not partake in it. And that's how we win. And he tells Peter that, you know, unless you carry your own cross, unless you carry that cross, you're not going to understand. A lot of people have argued what that meant. A lot of people says that that, that, that means you have to deny something. <laughs> it's funny. We love to tell people what they should deny. We love to stand here and say, it means you should deny part of this that thing that you're doing here. You know, what you're doing is wrong. And so if you really want to be a Christian, you need to stop doing that. I'm okay. I'm going to give up chocolate. But what you do with your life, you need to stop it. Again, we try to look at it on the world, on the, on, on the, the ideas of the earth, power and might. And even sometimes in denying our cross, we look at that as a power move. If I do this, I will get this. If I tell you to stop doing this, I will be powerful. I look, at, I look at heroes like Superman. And I think all my life, I have followed people that have won by overpowering and being mighty. But the more that I followed Christ, the more I realized that those actions did not win the wars. The more I realized that it wasn't about hatred or overpowering another side. It was about humility and it was about love. So how does that mean carrying your cross? When he's talking to Peter, does it mean for Peter to stop thinking about violence? Stop thinking about pushing people around? Stop thinking about overcoming people? Stop thinking about hurting people and yet carry a cross of humility, of sacrifice? of knowing that we're not going to always get along, we're not always going to agree, but knowing that my job is still to love you? Is that the cross for you? When you think of your heroes, two questions. First one, when you think of your heroes, who are they? And why are they your heroes? Are they people that have shown power and might? Are they people that have one-upped everybody? Or are they people that have truly thrown down things like power and might and false pride and said, I'm not about that because Christ isn't about that. You have a hero that's like that. And what, the second question, what is your cross that you're carrying? What does that mean for you? If we follow a, a Savior that preaches love, 
that preaches humility that says, in order for me to win this, I need to bow down. What does that mean for us? What's the cross that we carry? What do we hold on to? What are the things that we are not wanting to give up on, but what are the things that we need to give up on? I think that's something that we just need to ask ourselves this week. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us to understand what it means to truly follow you. Help us to understand that it's, uh, our definition of winning is not always matching what your definition of winning is. It's not about pushing people away. It's about bringing people in. It's not about making enemies. It's about loving your neighbor. Help us remember that. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Hating people, villainizing people, and trying to overpower people is easy. It's the easiest thing. Loving people, loving all people, welcoming people, actually inviting conversation, that's hard. That's a cross. That's a cross we bear.